0: ESG and Sustainability with Jun is an insight platform for people of all ages. Our audience mostly comprise tech-savvy people who exclusively use their phones and social media to find news and insights related to sustainability issues. Each episode will feature the latest and most trending sustainability news, most of the time from Asia-Pacific region, We want our podcast to be able to stand on its own for listeners who yearn to be part of the growing ESG and sustainability global group. Also, please remember to like, rate and comment on wherever you get your podcasts from so that we can continue to provide relevant insights in our future podcasts. Alright, welcome to ESG and Sustainability. I'm your host Han Jin, and today I want to talk about this new green hydro- hydrogen target by China for 2025. And what basically has happened is that the China's top economic planner, NDRC, uh, which is short, which, which is short for National Development and Reform Commission, we we have a, I have actually worked with them uh, when I was with the Singapore Government Service and. What they have basically announced is that they want to produce, they have announced a target to produce about 200,000 tons per year of carbon-free green hydrogen by 2025. And what they want to do is that uh, they want to produce about 100,000 to 200,000 tons of green hydrogen per year and have about 50,000 hydrogen-fueled vehicles by 2025. And by looking at all these figures, right, I feel that it's a little bit conservative given the market potential and the amount of renewable energy potential within the country itself. But still, I believe that what the top planners they are doing right now is to lower the expectation and deliver more than what what uh, is supposed deliver more than the set targets. And what we already know is that uh, over all these years, right, China has undergone this progressive industrial uh, progress and they are actually one of the world's largest emitter of greenhouse gases. But over the years, they have been striving to balance this energy, its energy security with its climate change goal. And like many other countries, they are actually looking towards hydrogen to help reduce carbon emission from the uh, transportation sector. And basically what happens is that when you produce green hydrogen, it's actually an output of a very clean process and this green hydro- hydrogen is produced by breaking down water using actual, uh, uh, a process called electrolysis that's powered by renewable energy sources but if you, if you were to produce hydrogen using natural gas or coal coal right uh, and this will release coal emission and basically the output is known as black or brown hydrogen but if you're to use renewable like solar and wind power then it doesn't produce any carbon emission at all and actually a lot of countries they are going into the development of hydrogen and it's very important for all these countries uh, as one of their move to uh, go for energy transition and it's actually a great spot for many of these countries carbon peak and carbon neutrality goals and it's the same for China as well. But the thing is that China currently produces, produces about 33 million tons of hydrogen per year and about 80% of this is generated using coal and natural gas. And the rest mainly by a byproduct of industrial sector which means that many of these are black or brown hydrogen and those that are byproduct from industrial sector is not being harvested at all it's just being released into the air but the official data that we have right now is just this we don't have any official status about the green hydrogen output by china but according to this chinese green clean power policy and market insight which is a consultancy firm, they estimated that the country's current green hydrogen production stands at just under 27 tons per annum. But even though most of China's hydrogen is produced from fossil fuel, I believe that the potential of green hydrogen is extremely huge because the country has like what I said earlier right, the country has one of the world's largest renewable power capacity. Be it solar, be it wind, be it hydro, uh, even geothermal they also have it. and. Be honest, many in the industry, be it in the renewable industry or the industrial sector, right? They also agree that this green hydrogen production target is also slightly conservative. And but then we believe that I believe that the plan actually sends a positive signal to the market, it radiates the private sector and it helps the private sector to envision the, the commercial potential of green hydrogen. And, According to this uh, China Hydrogen Alliance, right? they estimated that the Chinese hydrogen demand will reach about 35 million tons per year by 2030. That is from, that, that is from 20 million tons right now and it's going to reach 60 million tons by 2050. And that is a very huge ups, upsurge, which means that there's a lot of market potential and at the moment, right? actually for your information, this hydrogen can be used in fuel cells and also in internal combustion engine. But the problem is, it's very costly to produce, which is why a lot, a lot of sectors are not adopting hydrogen as a, as a fuel. But the analysts estimate that if the hydrogen prices is half right, you will be able to compete with other fuel like gasoline and diesel. And what basically NDRC is going to do right now is um, we know that they're going to do this because I have worked with them before when I was with the Singapore government service, and what they're basically doing is that they will do a rational laying out of the hydrogen projects based on resources and market demand because they they want to avoid and prevent this orderly competition. And this, uh, well, the local governments they'll be forbidden from blindly following the trends of hydrogen and uh, uh, hydrogen building projects, you know, because they want to prevent all this waste of resources, but. To be honest, almost all provinces and regions in, in China have already included hydrogen into their development plans and more than 120 green hydrogen projects are already under development. To be honest, there are already quite a few major firms onto this. You have Sinopec you have Baosteel, Steel, you have GCL, they have already expanded into hydrogen production uh, using this natural gas and renewable energy they are also building hydrogen filling stations and they are also using hydrogen in steel making and transportation. So basically, uh, uh, this is my update from from China and uh, about the the green hydrogen production in China. Uh, Let's go for a short break and I will return after this. Genki is a one-stop platform for companies to search for competent freelancers, consultants, and advisors. Apart from that, companies can also post their project requirements and receive work bids from Genki's pool of professional workforce. Alternatively, professional service providers can also list their expertise so that they can market to the global market. Payments for work can be done through major credit cards and PayPal. What's more? Genki features some of the lowest commission in the global market, and best of all, it is free to sign up. So why wait? Sign up at Genki, that is, G-E-N-K-I-I dot, I-O, to list your expertise for free now. Welcome back to ESG and Sustainability, I'm your host Han Jin and let me just do a quick summary of what I shared earlier. Basically, China is going full-fledged into this production of green hydrogen and they have set the milestone for 2025. So we have China at one mark, at one spectrum. At the other end of the spectrum, right, we have New Zealand. So New Zealand is very hesitant about going into this production of green hydrogen and basically what happened is that the Parliamentary Commissioner for Environment Simon Upton, he has actually warned the government to do their due diligence before committing to this green hydrogen production industry. And what he says warrants some attention as well, because, uh, basically what this hydrogen production, right, it can actually take up limited renewable energy, and it might slow down their country's decarbonisation at critical point. And what he says is that most of this hydrogen produced in New Zealand would be mainly for export, meaning that they as a country will be aiding other countries with their own energy transition while their own net zero plans and energy security are being put at risk. So what he argues is that this green hydrogen might be able to help with reducing emission in a limited number of sectors, mainly, he stated that mainly, you know, uh, in places like heavy transportation, aviation and industries like steelmaking. But he pushes that uh, producing this green hydrogen in New Zealand has an cost because he feels that are potentially more efficient and environmentally beneficial users for that amount of renewable energy. And what he says actually is quite true because based on scientific researchers, right, uh, they actually found out that this renewable energy loses about 5% of its energy between when it's generated and when, it's, uh, when it arrives at its end use. And this green hydrogen, which is a derivative of this renewable energy, which is uh, it goes through this particular process that i stated earlier it's called electrolysis it loses about 40% of its energy by the time it's being put into a fuel cell and if you were to compare right 5% losses to uh, 5% losses when it's being derived from re- renewable energy compared to a 40% losses when you're using green hydrogen so it's a lot of losses a, l- a lot of losses there it's about 35 35% losses and when you put it into a fuel cell right uh, and you put this fuel cell into a vehicle these fuel cell vehicles they are also less efficient than electric vehicles and the studies actually have it that these electric cars are about 2.5 times more efficient than the fuel cell overall that is a lot of efficiency and uh, this this Upton he argues that other countries with greater renewable electricity resources and lower power price point right they could be better placed to produce hydrogen competitively and Uh, He he is very concerned that this hydrogen, right, this production of hydrogen is going to use up enough of New Zealand's uh, renewable energy that they as a country have to defer their entire domestic decarbonisation effort. But then we noted that within their government, there are others who are pro-hydrogen and they see real potential for hydrogen in their energy system and to increase flexibility in their power system. And they are also looking into uh, exploring this hydrogen as a competitor technology in their New Zealand battery project, which is looking at how to solve their dry hydrological year problem. And on top of that, right, there are are some within the government who are targeting the growing market for hydrogen, particularly in this Asia-Pacific region. So basically, this is my update. Uh, about hydrogen, comparing the plans from China and from New Zealand from both spectrum and both have merits as well. So these are things to consider. So basically, this is my update for our podcast ESG and Sustainability. I'll see you in the next episode. Take care and stay safe. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hoped that you have enjoyed listening to it as much as we have enjoyed spending the time to curate the information and creating the podcast. In the meantime, please remember to like, rate and comment on wherever you get your podcast from. We also appreciate that you can share on what you would like to listen so that we can continue to provide relevant content to our listeners. Take care, stay safe and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode of PSG and Sustainability with Hajoon.